0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. There are two types of people in this world. The first type of people, as soon as their tank, otherwise known as Caleb Slatcher, as soon as their tank gets down to about quarter of the way through, like they only have quarter of a tank of fuel left, they feel oh, drop the bass. There we go. <laughs> as soon as the as soon as the tank of fuel gets down to quarter way, these people feel the instant urge to fill up. Like, as soon as it touches that quarter tank, that mark, they're like, I need to fill up now. You know that feeling you get when you get that, that, that I need to get fuel feeling? Some people wait till it gets to quarter way and they need to fill up there and then. These types of people, they don't care how much fuel is. They just want to fill up. They don't care if they're paying $2.53. They need to fill up when they need to fill up. And then we have the other type of people. These people, if you're sitting next to them, they make you feel scared when you jump in their car because instantly you see the fuel lights on and you're wondering when are they going to fill up and they drive past one service station and then they drive past the next service station and then they drive past the next service station and as they drive past these service stations with their fuel light flickering, you can see the smile on their face knowing that they're breaking their record for how long they can go without fueling up. All the while, you're sitting there and you're wondering, and you're like, Are we gonna make it? Am I gonna end up having to go for a big walk to get the petrol to come back? But these people, they love it. For some reason, these types of people, they feel as if they're saving money by not buying fuel in that moment. Like every time they drive past, they're like, No, nah, I'm not gonna do it yet, and we're not gonna do it yet. But who knows that every time we drive past the service station is a moment where we could actually run empty. The first type of person, the one who has to fill, when it's caught all the way through, I like to call them control freaks. I'm sorry if you're that type of person. The second type of person, the person needs to, who just sees how far they can push the boundaries, they've, they've worked it out to a fine art. They've like got their car down. They know how long they can go on the empty tank. Those people are called uni students. But one thing remains, nobody likes running completely empty. Nobody likes the feeling of the car coming to a clonk and you're on the side of the road and as everybody's driving, who knows, it's always people who drive past that you know when you break down or when you've run out of fuel, they see you and they drive past and it's like the walk of shame all the way to the petrol station. Or if you have a spouse, it's the call of shame where you have to get on and say, hey, I've ran out of fuel. But everybody hates running completely Empty, today's message is titled, empty isn't the end. Empty isn't the end. In the world that we live in, everyone is looking for fulfillment. It's not a a bad thing. But we, especially in Western society, we want everything in our lives to be full. We like full schedules. We like full bellies. Come on, if the person next to you needs their food in the morning, you know what I'm talking about. We like the idea of full bank accounts resources flowing through. We like the idea if you're a business of full orders, more and more coming in. We like full opportunities. We like to have full dreams. We like fulfilling relationships. And none of those things are wrong, but what happens when it's empty? What happens despite your achieving and despite your persevering that you run to a place that is empty? What do you do? What do you do when despite your best efforts, you feel empty? So maybe you've been trying to work on your mental health and maybe despite your effort, you still feel like the promise is empty, that you'll be fully recovered. Maybe you've been trying to work on your finances. Maybe despite your best effort, you still see the account that's not being filled and it looks Empty. Maybe you're looking at your marriage and you're looking at the empty relationship. But what if our empty is the start of God's move? What if our empty isn't in fact the end, but it's actually a new beginning? I feel like there's somebody in the room tonight where you've declared the end where God wants to declare a new beginning where you've declared the end of something, but God actually is saying, no, 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 it's not the end. It's actually a brand new start. Empty isn't the end. See, too many people throw in the towel with their relationship with God when they're empty. And you will know people, if you've been around for any amount of time, who have gone through an empty season. And did you know that we will all go through empty seasons? where you may be in church and you may not feel the presence of God like you used to for a season. You may go home and all you see is empty promises. You may feel as if you're in a place that is empty, but you can still be in the promise and plan of God. Did you know that? That emptiness is not a sign that God has departed from you, but it's just a sign that He's about to become real to you. You don't need God if you're full. If you have everything full, Pastor Byron spoke so powerfully about this last Sunday morning, but you don't need God when everything's going okay. But I tell you what, those empty moments when you look at the boat and it's empty, that's the place where you find the true power of our Savior. In the story that we're about to unpack, Peter's come back from fishing. His name's Simon in this, before Jesus has changed his name. Jesus would just go up to people and say, I don't like that name. You can be Peter from now on. And so he's not done that yet, but he's referred to as Simon, but it's Peter, the fisherman. And Peter's come home empty-handed. Empty isn't the end. Point number one, the empty place is an invitation for his presence. The empty place is an invitation for his presence. Luke 5, one to three. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge, two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. I love the fact that he didn't ask Peter before jumping in the boat. He jumped in the boat and then asked Peter. He says he got into one of the boats belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. If you're a fisherman, you will know there is nothing more terrible than coming home from your trip fishing with no fish. Does the person next to you do that sometimes? It's okay if they do. It's totally fine, no judgment. But that's why me and my dad started spearfishing actually because my dad got sick of coming home wait, from waiting because you can't call it fishing if you have no fish. You're really just waiting. And... And so Peter gets home, and or you just call it ing, no fish. Anyway, bad joke. He gets, he gets home, he gets to the bank, he's pulling in and there's no fish. His boat is empty. And yet, on this particular day, when Peter has an empty boat, Jesus steps in. Here's the thing, Jesus grew up in the area. Scholars say that he would have known Peter He would have seen Peter fishing around growing up. He would have seen Peter, known of him, seen him walk past before, but yet it is on the day where Peter is empty, where he has lack, where he hasn't seen the move or the resource or provision that Jesus says, now I'm ready to step in. You see, your emptiness is actually an invitation, church. That's okay. Isn't that encouraging? That if you feel empty right now, if you feel like maybe the season that you've been through has emptied the faith or emptied the cause or emptied the passion out of you, then this is the prime time for Jesus to actually become real in your life. Empty is an invitation. Says that he saw two boats at the water's edge. You may feel as if you're on the edge of giving up. You may feel as if your life is on the edge, but stay true. Stay, stay in stay in love with God. Stay true to who he has called you to be because it's when we are emptied that Jesus steps in. You see, it was obvious Peter's lack. Sometimes that's embarrassing for us. Like when we're walking through an empty season. And we come to church and we try to hide it, but we know that it's obvious and we know there's things in our life. And that's all of us. Sometimes we go through empty seasons and sometimes we get embarrassed. Sometimes we try to hide and shame those things, but God steps into those moments. Everybody knew that Peter had failed. And yet Jesus said in that moment, it's obvious Peter, but hold on, I'm about to step in. Revelation 22:13. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Can I just say this? Some of you have told yourself that it is the end when God's saying it's not up to you to declare, it's up to Him to declare. Some of you have said it is the end of this season of life or it's the end of this and it's the end of that, but God is saying persevere, stay, stay strong, st- stick to your conviction because I declare when things start and when things end. Poppy's got a Proton. I think it's a Proton S17, 16, sorry. Poppy's got this car and Poppy's had it for seven years now. She bought it for $2,000, okay? And this thing just will not die. (laughs) Poppy's like, can we please get a new car? I'm like, we can just drive this one till it's dead. And the thing is, this car looked dead like three years ago. She's only serviced it twice in seven years. I'm sorry if you're a mechanic, you're like having a heart attack right now, but she's serviced it twice in seven years. This thing will not die. Poppy didn't know it, but she got her grandma to pray for the car. And Poppy's grandma is a prayer warrior. And that's the only thing I can put it down to because that car should be dead. But I tell you what, there's something about the anointing of prayer. It won't die. Like every, I'm like, it's done. Like it's literally not started before. And we're like, yeah, it must be done. And then it starts. And then Poppy's like, it's gonna die this winter. She's been saying that for like the last three winters, it's gonna die this winter, it's gonna die this winter, it's gonna die this winter. And some of us have been saying that over our situation, this is gonna be the end, there's no hope now, there's, no, there's nothing past this point. And God is just trying to get to the point that because you are anointed and appointed, you have no right to declare over your situation, over your circumstance that it has come to the end when He wants to bring a new beginning. I love the fact that Peter's problem became Jesus's platform. Could it be that your problem that you're walking through right now, your problem of emptiness could actually serve to magnify the voice of God to others? Jesus is doing an object lesson. He can't, he's preaching to thousands, but he doesn't have a microphone. He doesn't have a PA system. He doesn't have, would you believe it, an LED screen but he's preaching to thousands and he realizes I can't communicate from this point, but from the water, from Peter's empty place, I can step into that place. And when I go out on the waters, it will magnify my voice i just come to declare to some people that you're walking through a season that will magnify the voice of God in the future. That you may not see it magnifying in the people's lives around you, but you just wait, God's going to get the glory from your story. He's going to take your test and turning it into his testimony for your life. When Jesus stepped into Peter's problem, it magnified his voice. Maybe God wants to step into your problem. And magnify his voice to everyone around that my hand is upon this person, my hand is upon you. Empty isn't the end. Point number two the empty place requires a response. Verse four when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. It's easy to follow Jesus's advice when you only have to go into the shallows. Jesus steps in, he says, hey, can you just put me out shallows? Like, not too deep, not too far, just, Peter's like, I can do that, I can do that. Jesus preaches his message, Jesus steps back onto the shore, Peter's been cleaning his nets, he's already cleaned up, everything's wrapped up, I don't know about you business owners, but when everything's wrapped up, sometimes you just wanna go home, Peter's probably in that place too, he hasn't caught anything. And then Jesus says to Peter, hey, Peter, can you go into the deep? Let down the nets that you've just cleaned? Can you be inconvenienced in a moment? Will you choose to be obedient even when it's inconvenient? You see, a shallow relationship with God looks like Jesus as your savior. Like anybody can respond to a salvation call because why, it's a good message. Like compared to anything else, hey, come and receive Jesus as your savior, have eternal life, live free from your past. It's a great message and it should be, nothing wrong with that. That shallow relationship though. And a lot of Christians live their life in the shallows of Jesus just being their savior. But Jesus isn't interested in just being your savior. He wants to be your Lord. And when he's your Lord, it doesn't matter how inconvenient the moves are, when he speaks, we listen. That's a deep relationship with God. 2 Chronicles 16, verse nine. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on those whose heart is loyal to him. God's eyes are looking on this earth for people who won't just call him their saviour, but who will call him their Lord. God's eyes are looking for people and a church who aren't just in it when it's convenient for them, but who are willing to step out in the inconvenience did you know that increase only comes through inconvenience? That increase doesn't happen inside your comfort zone, doesn't happen inside your paradigm or your framework. Most of the time, the increase is on the other side of the inconvenient obedience that God's called you to step out on. I love what Simon says. He says, Master, we've been fishing all night but it wasn't a cause for excuse. He says, but because you say so. I think we need some more, but because you say so. God, I don't, to be honest, he had every right to go. I'm not listening to a carpenter. You may be a rabbi, but I don't have to listen to you about my trade, God. Jesus, I'm not listening to you. I know when the tide times are. I know what's happening around here. I know when it's best to go fishing. I know that during the day, the, the, you don't catch as, as many. And I went last night and didn't catch anything. And some of us would say that to God. God would put something on our heart and we'll go, hey God, no, nah, that doesn't make sense. It's inconvenient. You don't know what you're doing, but God is just looking for people who will be obedient. But because you say so, faith changes everything. See, Jesus didn't just wanna use Peter. Jesus wanted to bless him. If Jesus stepped, Peter, literally, if he just used the boat, got out and walked away, he's used Peter. It's not how Jesus works. When 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 you allow him a part of your life, he doesn't just want to use you, he wants to bless you, church. But because you say so. You see, provision is found in obedience, not effort. That's why you can strive and even the, you know, you can strive for everything that you're trying to do and you can reach and you can try your best and there's nothing wrong with working hard, don't get me wrong, but when it's all about what we can do in our own strength and not about what he's called us to do and what he's told us to do, then we will never reap the provision that he has for us. Sometimes we fail to give out of our lack and so we never see his provision The most powerful moments you can give church is when you lack, not when you have abundance. Those, I don't know about you, but those moments where I've not wanted to be in a meeting or I've not wanted, felt like preaching or i have not are the moments where I feel like God's used me more. Could it be that when you walk through your seasons of lack, that despite your like, oh, I don't know what's happening right now, but you give it to him anyway, that he would bless that and provide provision. Point number three, and I'll get the band back up. Empty isn't the end. The empty place is a time of preparation for the promise. It says, when Simon Peter, so we've, they pulled in all the fish. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. For all of his companions were astonished at the catch that they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't. Be afraid! From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up, left everything, and followed him. See, when Jesus came across Peter, Peter's hands were filled with the nets. When Jesus came across Peter, Peter hadn't knocked off for the day and complained, and why was this happened to me? No, no, his hands are still working with the nets that he had been given. When Jesus comes across Peter, he's still preparing. He doesn't know it yet, but he's actually preparing for the provision of God in the mundane. Maybe the reason you can't progress to his promise is because you haven't made use of the season you're in. You see, just because you don't see results right now doesn't mean you put down the net. Doesn't mean you abandon the boat doesn't mean you take a step away and slack off. Just because you don't see results, doesn't mean you let go and and just see what happens. Because God wants intentional people. You see, Peter could have left that day. God, Jesus would have walked past and he wouldn't have had the provision. He wouldn't have had the platform and everything would have just been, it would have been like an ordinary day. But because he remained, Peter remained in the mundane. There was something that Jesus wanted to bless on Peter. And maybe the thing is that we just need to remain with what we have for the season that we find ourselves in. Romans eleven twenty nine: 29, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. God's gifts and His call can can never be withdrawn. Can I be honest? Too many people, mature, older, younger, throw away their gifts and their call too easily. Too many people have just laid down their nets and they expect God to do everything for them. Too many immaturity, too much immaturity, too much just Jesus being the Saviour and not enough Jesus being their Lord. Too many people have all the excuses as to why they're not activating in their gift, why they're not using their call, why they're not walking instead with God. Too many people just wanna fill a seat on Sunday, but never wanna be his church on Monday. Too many people have all the excuses in the world, but I feel like it's time for the church to wake up. I feel like it's time for the church to get their confidence back. See, the enemy knows he can't steal your gift, your call. but you can. You can, you can drop your gift. You can drop your call. It's not, the promises of God are not going to happen unless we're deliberate. It's not just going to happen in some magical way. No, no, we've gotta get instead with the Saviour. We've got to get in line with who He has called us to be and be obedient in the moments where we have to sacrifice church. And so Peter is holding these nets. Jesus sees them and he, and I, and he sort of starts to prophesy. And he goes, you were cleaning your nets when I, when I met you, but you're, there's coming a day when you won't fish for, for just fish, Peter. You will actually start to fish for people. You see, if you can't hold the net, how can you hold the line when times get tough? If you can't hold what's already in your hands in the season of emptiness, how can you hold the increase that's in His? If you can't clean the empty nets, how can you pull up the full nets? See, Peter is being faithful, cleaning the nets that were of no use, that had no provision. And as he cleaned the nets, he didn't realise what God was about to do. He didn't realise he would need clean nets. And church, you may not realise, but God is building something in your season of emptiness that you're going to need for this next season, for this next promise. And so the emptiness is not a result of just nothing's gonna happen here. It's a result of preparation for His church. If you can't remain faithful, in the empty place, if you can't hold and prepare what He has already given to you, then we will never see the promise of God. I believe there are people who have dropped their gifts. And who have dropped their call and who have dropped responsibility and who have blamed things that have happened. But God is saying, I have something new for you even here in your emptiness, in your despair, in your mourning, in your, in your darkness. I'm gonna bring light. I'm gonna bring life. I'm gonna bring hope. I'm gonna bring provision. I'm gonna bring my mercy. I'm gonna bring my grace because it's who He is. You see, there are some things that you've left behind that you need to pick up. Some of us have been traveling without our call, without our gift for way too long, and we've been wondering why we are not progressing. God is saying, I need you to work with what's already in your hands, even when it doesn't make sense. There's some gifts, there's some calls in this place. This, we, we have needs, church. You may be a worshiper, you may be able to serve, you may be able to um, get to new people, whatever it is, but there are needs in His body and we are the church. Nobody else is gonna fill the roles. Nobody else is gonna fulfill their call. Nobody else is gonna be used by God because they're not in relationship with God. But when the church stands up, people realise. This is the part I love about the whole story. Peter, and I love this part, Peter's increase and Peter's obedience didn't just bless his boat, it blessed the next boat. And your obedience and your increase and God's provision and God's anointing and God's hand over your life will not just bless you. It will bless the people around you. It needs to bless the world around us. Empty isn't the end, it's just the start. I don't care how many times you've told yourself that it's the end, it's just the start. I'll prophesy it to this place tonight. I don't care how many times you've heard it said over your situation. I don't care how many voices, how many experts, what people are saying, what the news are saying, what people around you have said, what your friends have said. Your emptiness, I prophesy in this place, is not your end. It is just the start of what God's going to do. You can claim that. He has anointed you. The Spirit of the living God has anointed me and He has appointed me and He's appointed you. We get to claim that blessing's not just made for you, it's made for the people around you. That's how his church works. He didn't realise, but his daily practice of fishing was actually going to come in handy when he started the early church. The daily practice of getting up, and going about looking for the things that God, that, 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 that practice of holding on to his conviction, that practice of holding on to the nets when it didn't make sense, would actually result in him being the man that God wanted to build his church upon. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon a, upon a people who hold conviction, upon a people who won't drop their nets at the first sign of trauma, at the first sign of, of things happening and situations and circumstance, but upon a people who will hold and be faithful, faithful in all seasons. I was at a youth camp end of last year and I didn't know anyone in the room, but there's one kid on the right hand side of the back Right at the back row, he had headphones in the whole message, <laughs> and I'm preaching, and there was a response to the altar call, and the whole time I'm preaching, I just feel the Holy Spirit put on my heart. You need to tell that kid that there's a Father in heaven who loves them, and as I'm as I'm just there, I can't get my like I'm preaching to everybody, but my attention's just fixed on this one kid. He has his headphones and he's not hearing a word. Let's be honest what I'm saying. But I could not shake this Holy Spirit feeling on the inside that this kid needed to know that he had a father in heaven who loved him. And so we we do the altar call. He's the only kid that doesn't respond. He's at the back. And I go up to him at the end and I say, hey, what's your name? He told me his name. I said, hey, I don't know if this makes sense to you, but God wants you to know that He loves you that He created you, that He has a plan and a purpose for you and that He's your dad. And as soon as I said those words, he starts bawling his eyes out. He was like rock solid, headphones on and he literally changes in a moment and he starts to cry and he says, my dad passed away two years ago. He said, I come into this place so empty. He said, I was in lockup last night and I got forced to come on this youth camp and, in my, and I've been trying the whole entire afternoon to get a car out here to pick me up so I could go home. And he's saying, I tried Uber, I tried taxis, nobody would come out. I'm like, yeah, bro, you're like hundred kilometres away from any major city. And he's, he's like, ah, but I feel full. I feel full. Anyway, I pray with him and he leaves and he has this massive God encounter. And then I feel, as we're wrapping up, he's already down by the fire. I feel like he needs to be baptised in the Spirit. needs to be filled up. And this kid's only, you know, literally gone from like being rock solid to to encountering God, and now we're about to fill him with the Spirit. I sit down with him, I said, "Let me just pray this prayer with you." I explain what baptism of the Spirit was, and. He literally in that moment gets baptized in the spirit and it was just like he was filled up from the inside out. This one kid who said I was empty, one void, one word of God changed everything and he was filled. This one kid who said I was empty, in a moment stepped out in faith, he didn't know where he was going and God filled him up with the spirit. One, one moment of stepping out, it would have been brand new to him, one moment and he was filled. Acts 4. 31, after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. Can everyone stand up to your feet? I believe that God wants to do some shaking in this place. I believe that God wants to do some shaking in this place tonight. And people are going to need to, to take a physical action that results in spiritual reaction. I don't really see it highlighted anywhere where God doesn't call somebody out and they, and they have to take a physical step that results in supernatural, uh, supernatural circumstances. Peter had to take a physical step to send it out into the shallow. He had to take a phys- physical step to go out into the deep. He had to take a physical step to lower the nets. And as a result of taking the physical step, God came and filled him up. And God can fill you up tonight. I just have a faith that, that God's gonna do some filling up in this place. I have a faith that God's about to do something in people's lives where you felt like so empty that the situations and circumstances that are surrounding your business, your family, your home, your health have emptied you of faith. But I prophesy and I've claimed today that God's faith and God's presence and God's spirit will fill you up. He's about to do some shaking in this place tonight. He's about to do some shaking in this room tonight. I don't care if you're with me. I don't care if you're judging right now. I don't care wherever you're at, but get ready because God is about to shake this place tonight. He's about to rattle some people and He's about to stir some people and people are gonna start to pick up those gifts. They're gonna start to pick up those calls. They're gonna start to be bold and proclaim that Jesus is working even when you do not see it. I just want to worship in this moment. If you want to respond right now, you want to take a physical step, a physical step to say, God, I'm coming to meet with you. Fill me up, God. Would you come down the front? Would you just come from your seat? And as we start to worship in this place, I believe there are people who need to respond. I believe that there are people who have sat way too long where you are and God is putting it on your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is saying, just take one step with me tonight. One step with me tonight and see that I will not provide the fullness of my spirit. Come on, let's worship Him tonight. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.